be live now. A couple of minutes late. How is everybody doing? I uh, pray everybody's having a blessed day today. And for those of us that attend Ole Miss, congratulations, you made it through finals week. <laughs> congratulations to all the graduates. Well, again, thank you guys. Uh, well, I don't know if we stated it, but thank you guys for tuning in this week. And as Melvin said, we hope that you are having a great week thus far. We hope our broadcast is coming to you effectively. Uh, we've been going through, Melvin mainly has been going through a lot of different avenues to bring better quality, so I'm hoping that it's working. But the before we move too far, um, we'll just bow our heads for a minute for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again. We can never say thank you enough for just how you continually bestow blessings upon us and your graces has been so sufficient for us. You've done, you've, you've given so many things to us that we didn't deserve. You're so merciful to us, Lord. So we thank you just for being who you are to us. And we pray, Lord, that we continue to, go, to grow stronger in your will, Lord, that we continue to seek who you are and to continue to have a desire to do what it is that you're asking us to do. Lord, we pray for all of the people, including ourselves, Lord, that are sick, afflicted, going through daily issues, going through so many hardships, that we may see the light at the end of the tunnel, that we may see you through it all, Lord. We keep our minds focused on you, Lord. We pray for, like I said, the sick, the shut-in, Lord, the homeless, the hungry, Lord, the, the people naked, without clothing. We pray for all the people out there, Lord, that you would send somebody into their lives to help them, Lord, and to help us, and that you would put us into a position that we can be those people that go out and help them. So we pray that, Lord, and so many other things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be talking about um, safety inside of Noah's Ark. And just to give a brief um, synopsis, um, the focus scripture is um, Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. As Jesus is saying, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Noah preached for 120 years, and people did not listen for various reasons, like when they never heard of rain or anything like that. But preached for 120 years and people did not listen and by the time it started thundering it was it was too late for them to get inside the ark and so we have the same thing today we have true god sent preachers who are preaching the word of god and people are not listening because because if it's the true word of god then it's going to be a word that people are not familiar with just like the people in the old testament never heard of rain really and so that's why we get on the live stream and do this weekly twice a week preaching to people and to tell them to get inside of the ark. Right now is uh, the metaphoric ark. Get inside before it's too late, before it starts thundering. And that's basically the synopsis. So I'm going to turn it over to Minister Tony Banks. Alright, so you've already introduced the verse, so we'll just go there and read it. Um, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. 
God is the same. He was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's not going to change. So as it was then, it's going to be the same way now. And we're going to go back to Genesis just to look and see how things were during that time. But God used different... During that time, God used an ark and he used water to save the people. And today, the ark is the church. That's where we must come inside to be saved, is the church. And now, even in today's church, we still see water being a crucial part. Now, a lot of people don't believe it, but water is still a crucial part of salvation. We all know the story of Noah. They got inside the ark. It rained. The ark floated on the water. So that same water that saved Noah and his family was the same water that killed the rest of the world. So it's no different than today. We're preaching water, water baptism. Jesus told the disciples, Matthew 28, 19, to take, take the water out there. Go teach his doctrine and teach them and, and baptize them. So when we flip over to Acts, the second chapter, the people said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Until they said that to the apostles. And Peter said, repent and be baptized. He said, get the water and receive the Holy Ghost. So we need to do those things to enter into the church. But we're going to go back to the Old Testament and see just how God did things in the Old Testament to bring us up to speed to today. So we'll start with Genesis chapter 6. And we'll start with verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wickedness. We are in the same situation today. God looked at the world back then, and he saw people continually think wickedness. We are the same... People sit at home. There are people that sit at home to figure and figure out ways how to break into your bank account, how to steal your identity. So many people sitting at home thinking of evil all day. There's so much evil going on in the world, and, it, and it's no different than it was then. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. God was sorry he even made man. Just because of the condition that we're in, God wants us to love each other and love him. And we choose the opposite route every time. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. We're in the same situation today. God is going to destroy us if we don't choose to do good to each other. But Noah found grace in, his, in the eyes of the Lord. So now we're going to see the escape plan because God is not his will that anyone should perish. But he knows not everyone is going to do right. So God still chose someone to preach his word so that humanity could be saved. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was just a, was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. 
And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The world's still full of violence today. Let's drop down to verse 16. So now God is telling him, just, just keep reading. You can keep reading through that. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh, and, and had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within the within and without that with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. So we see God give him very specific instructions on how he wanted him to build the ark. He gave him the, the length, the width, how to build it, put a window here, put a door there. He gave him very specific instructions on how he wanted him to build the ark. And we know he told him to take his sons in, his his wife, his son's wives also, and to take the animals in. So when we we're gonna flip over to chapter five. So God gives him this message to preach that hey, God is going to destroy the world with a flood. Now let's flip over to chapter five and we'll see that uh, we'll see Noah's age in chapter 5. Let, let's go to chapter 5 first. Uh, verse 32. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So we see that at 500, he had all three of his sons. So by 500, he's, he has all three of his sons. Now we're going to flip over to chapter 7. we got to do... A little running here. And we'll see when it was that the flood came. Verse. Uh, verse 6, sorry. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. So he, he, we at least can account for 100 years there that Noah knows that it's going to flood the earth. So no doubt this man is preaching and saying, hey, there's going to be a flood. Come inside if you want to be saved. That, that's our goal today, salvation. He's telling them, enter in to be saved. So we get at least 100 years, at least now, at least 100 years. We're going to flip back because I, I want people to understand because people will say, well, I would have got in the ark if I was back there. I, I just, I wouldn't listen to what he said. <laughs> it's so easy for us to look back at certain situations and say, well, I would have done this or I would have did that. 
But we'll go back, and we'll go back to chapter 2. Now, one of the reasons that it was hard for people to believe in what Noah said was because if, if I tell you to enter into an ark, now we know God told Noah, excuse me, Noah to take in certain animals, take in all the animals. Would you go inside an ark if you seen lions, tigers, bears, <laughs> snakes? Would you go inside of that? And this man is saying, come in here with me. We're going to be safe. What person is going to do that? For all of the people that say, I would have went in there. How? What would compel you to do that when you see the bears, the snakes? People today, we can't even stand a rat. So how could you go inside? You see roaches and rats and all these different things. How could you go inside of there? <laughs> so on top of that, now that that's one part. But now let's go back to chapter 2 and we'll look at verse 5 and 6 because a lot of people don't know that God had never caused it to rain upon the earth. He never caused it to rain. So if someone tells you this event is going to happen that's never happened in history, people say, you crazy, man. That, that's not going to happen. Look at uh, verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. He, he had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Never had it rained. So this man is out here preaching, oh, it's going to be a great flood. It's going to rain. Folks said, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> Where people were living, we see Noah had, he was 500 years old. I forget how old his dad was, but his dad lived 100 or so years after Noah begat his sons. So look at how old these people were. And for him to tell them, hey, it's going to be water coming out of the sky and the whole world's going to drown. You won't even be able to breathe because the water's going to be everywhere. These people said, man, you're crazy. That, that's not going to happen. You know how long I've been living and I've never seen it? I've been living here five, six, seven hundred years. Who are you to come and tell me how things are going to be? So the struggle that Noah had trying to get the people to see something that they just couldn't see. So it is in the days of the coming of the Lord. It's the same way. We are here preaching a message that seems impossible. We're telling you, you must be water baptized in Jesus' name. We said, no. Somebody said, no, I don't have to do that. But I'm telling you, that's how you're going to enter into the ark, which is the church today. That's how you're going to enter into the church and be saved. Water is a part of your salvation. Getting the Holy Ghost is a part of your salvation. But uh, read, read verse 6 also. <clears throat> but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That's how from Adam all the way down to Noah, that's how they grew things. God caused the mist to come up from the ground. So we, that's why we can say... Noah was preaching a message that seemed impossible to people. He said, man, it's never rained before. What, what are you talking about? So it is the same way today. 
<laughs> it's a lot of things that God is going to say that you're going to say, that don't make sense. It does not make sense at all. Why does God need to do that? Because God says so. In uh, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 27, it says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God's using some things that you say is downright dumb. It's crazy. God don't think like that. That's what you say. But God does think like that. He does think like that. There are things that God says that we look at and say, man, that don't make sense. Why would God want me to do that? Why, God? I, I, it's like God ain't thinking sometimes. That's how he operates. He is going to give a message that seems like, I just can't believe that. So it was in the days of Noah. It's going to be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It's going to be the same way. So I'm here preaching a message. We're here trying to bring you a message that seems so unbelievable. You say, I don't have to do, I don't have to get baptized. I don't have to get the Holy Ghost. All I got to do is believe in Jesus Christ. And I'm saying, I'm here to tell you, there are some more things that God is requiring us to do to be saved. Let's move to chapter 7. And verse 16. So we're fast forwarding some time. Let's start at, let's go back up to 6. And we'll read verse 7. And then, then we're going to drop down. In the 6 or 7? Yeah. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Go ahead and read, uh, go ahead and read 82. Of clean beasts, and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls, and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. And mm -hmm. there went in two, and two unto Noah, unto the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. So he takes in his family. It was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three, three wives. Eight people saved. Eight people survived out of the entire world. Now, this is scientifically proven. Go back and look for people that say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. I only believe in science. It's proven that there was a flood. But anyways, I'm not trying to get into all of that. But so he enters into the ark with his family and the animals. And now it's began to rain. Drop down to verse 16. And they, and they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Look at that. And the Lord shut him in. The Lord did that. Now, if God shut a door, you ain't opening it. <laughs> Read verse 17, please. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark. And it was lifted up above the earth. God, <laughs> Noah had been around there preaching for at least 100, 100 years now. I've been hearing 120. Uh, even Melvin mentioned it earlier. At least 100. Now, we can prove at least 100 years he'd been around there preaching. And all of a sudden, it began to rain. Now, that rain caught them out of nowhere because Noah had been saying, it's, it's coming, it's coming. And the people said, hey, man, look, it's been the same way since we began life. It ain't been no rain ever. It's not going to rain. 
But out of nowhere, the rain began and God shut Noah in the ark. So no doubt, I can imagine some people from his very, his very own hometown. I can imagine people began to come to the ark knocking on the door. After the rain began, people coming over there saying, look, let us in, Noah. We, we see the rain now. We see it now. The rain is real. Good God, the rain is real. Let us in. But God shut the door. They couldn't do nothing about it. And friend, we are here because we don't want God to shut the door on you. Jesus says he stands at the door and knock. And if any man would open, he'll come in and sup with him. He wants the door open for you. But you have to listen. You have to come inside of the ark, which is the church. And the way we do that is be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So, so here we see it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. And let's move. I want to move over to Luke. Luke the 17th chapter we're, we're going to go back and read what we read earlier but we're going to go down a little bit further we'll start at 26 again yeah, Luke chapter 17 and verse 26 and as it was in the, in the days of Noah so shall it be also in the days of the son of man now he's going to tell us how it was in the days of Noah which we just read they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Noah was around there preaching as hard as he could and still building the ark. Nobody listened. They were out eating, drinking, getting married. They were living their best life, as people say. <laughs> they were having the time of their lives. And Noah was trying to give them the warning because God said, how can they hear without a preacher? And the preacher tried to warn them. So today, I'm trying to bring the warning. God is saying this, not me. He is saying, enter into the church to be saved. You have to accept the water. The water's coming. You have to accept the water. The water's already here because if you want to get baptized in Jesus' name, you can be, get baptized today. The water is here. If you want to get the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost today. God is no respecter of person. But there's also fire coming because he said it won't be water next time. Fire. It's going to be fire. God is going to burn the earth this time. Now, somebody can say, well, he ain't never burned the whole earth. <laughs> he never did that. I know. <laughs> Just like he had never caused a flood to come on the whole earth before. But we're focused on the things that we're, we're wanting to do. We just had graduation, and there's nothing wrong with school, but somebody out there, school is their only focus. School is more important than God to them. There's somebody out there, my job is more important to God. Making money is more important to God. My girlfriend is more important than God. My wife is more important. So many things that people are saying, they're nice. Nice to have these things, but we can't let God be on the back burner. 
So we see here, Jesus said it's going to be the same way when the Son of Man comes. People are not going to be looking for it. He said, watch and pray in one place. You know not when the Son of Man is coming. We have to be on the look. I, I want to look. Um, I want to look at uh, Matthew 25. Such a lot, it's a lot of reading, though. <laughs> well, we got some time <clears throat> before the clock gets you. <laughs> I want, I want to focus on the door being shut because I'm praying, I'm, I'm praying, and I'm hoping that we won't wait too late to decide to choose God to live for God. We got a message. Hey, Shan. <laughs> Shan says, hey, you guys. Sorry, I'm late. Just got off not too long ago. We glad you're here. How's it going, Sharon? Um, I don't know how much you've caught thus far, but we're talking about how in Noah's day, they entered into the ark to be saved, but in our day, the ark represents the church, and today, we must enter into the church to be saved, but also, just like in their day, water played a huge role in their salvation because after they were obedient to God and entered into the ark, the water, it rained and the water is what lifted, the Bible says it lifted them above, above the, earth. the earth. So that water is what lifted them, that water <laughs> lifted them right on to heaven, so to speak. That water is what saved them. Matter of fact, before I get this, Let's go to First Peter. Um, we get it all the time, but let's go to First Peter, the third chapter, and we'll start at verse twenty. But that water is what saved them. Now, yes, they had to be obedient, but water does save. I was talking to somebody today, and they didn't believe that water can save you, but the water has been saving throughout time, even in the days of the children of Israel. The water saved the Israelites. After they, after uh, the Red Sea was parted, the children of Israel walked through, and that same water that saved them, paved the way for them, is that same water that collapsed and drowned. So you can't get saved anywhere besides in the church. No, ma'am. You have to enter. It'd be just like people trying to get saved. Uh, Sharon asks, I'm sorry, I'm moving so fast. Sharon asks, so you can't get saved anywhere besides in the church. And not joking or anything, do you mean literally in the church building? Or, because she, she may be yeah, asking that. Yeah, that's a good question. She may be asking, like, you can't get saved, like, at your house or something. Like, are you asking, do you have to literally be inside of the church building? Yeah, yeah, good question. Not saying that she's asking that, but. Yeah, can you clarify your question, Sharon? Yeah. Uh, well, do you have to be in the church building? No, because not in the church building itself, but what I mean by the church is being a part of the church. Because a lot of times people say, well, you don't even ever have to go to church to be saved. And that's not true. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. So even the Bible says, don't stop going to church. Don't not go to church. But uh, to answer your question, 
No, not the church building because the church is not a building. I can I can get baptized, um, and people have gotten baptized a lot of places. Even even take Jesus' baptism. He didn't get baptized in a church. He got baptized in the Jordan River. So salvation can take place anywhere, but you still need to be a part of a church because the Bible says in the book of Romans, how can they hear without a preacher? So there is something the God is going to tell the preacher for the preacher to tell the people. And how can you get it if you don't go to hear? If you don't listen to it, now you can do it uh, like right here. We're doing this online through uh, the internet. So you still need to hear a preacher somehow. But again, there's still some other things, some other reasons why God wants you to be a part of a church. He, he definitely wants you to do that because where are you going to pay your tithes at? I mean, and I'm not, I remember we talked about tithes a while back, but there's a lot of reasons why God wants you to be a part of a church. There's a lot of reasons. For one, we need the fellowship. We need other people to strengthen us. I may be going through something rough, and I'll need other people. I'll need Melvin to help me get through some things. There's a lot of uh, reasons why God um, requires us to be a part of a church. Um but good question. But it's definitely not the building per se that that I was referring to there. Yeah, the church isn't. It's the group of people, basically. Yeah. But uh, does that answer or clear it up, Sharon? Yeah, because and while we're waiting on your answer, Sharon, um, just wanted to add that a lot of people, you know, were baptized in a river, or Jesus Himself in the um, River of Jordan. And other people like the unit. Um, when um, what was it, Philip? When Philip went down and um, talked to him, he got baptized, and it just says a body of water, I believe. And he asked, "What stopped me from getting baptized here?" But um, you don't have to necessarily be in a physical church building to get saved per se. Just when you go down in the water in Jesus' name and then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is what counts. I hope that's clear enough. Even um, if you go to Acts the 10th chapter, when you see Peter take and preach Jesus to people who've never heard him before, never heard of Jesus, um, at least not the way Peter preached, that, preached him to them, we see that they got saved in a house. Uh, so it wasn't a church. Sharon says, yeah, very much so. Man, I love listening to you guys. I get a better understanding. Well, that's what we're here for. We appreciate you listening and tuning in. Definitely. Thanks, Sharon, for asking questions. And definitely keep asking questions if we say something that you don't understand or even if we don't say anything about what it is you want to know, definitely ask questions. And if there's ever a scripture that you want us to talk about during these live streams, it's open to anybody who requests. Yep. Anybody. Anything, anybody or anything. Yeah. But uh, let's let's look at 1 Peter 3 and 20, because this also goes back to Noah. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was, was it preparing, 
wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Eight souls. Now, we've been talking about the eight souls that were saved by water. Noah, his wife, his three sons, their three wives. That's the eight souls that were saved. Now, out of the whole world, eight people were saved by water. They were disobedient during this time. The scripture tells us it was violence. It was so many... God saw that our thoughts were continually evil, and we're no different today. Our thoughts are still continually evil, some of us out there. We're still just trying to do evil all the time. So we see here eight people were saved by water. Now, keep in mind the water. The like figure were into even baptism doth also now save us. Is just like today, wherein baptism doth also now save us. We're, because we have to enter into the spiritual ark today, which is the church. And the water still plays a very valuable role because God is the same. He is still using the water today. That's the reason Jesus told them at the quote-unquote Great Commission to go and baptize people. That's the reason Peter carried, Peter and, and the rest of the apostles carried baptism to everyone because baptism saves us. The water saves us just like it saved Noah and his family then. It's incredible when you can see it. The water still saves today. And that's the message that we're preaching. Don't forsake the water. But I was thinking about, and that's the reason we can go back to Matthew, the 25th chapter. But I was thinking about how the scripture said the Lord shut the door. Uh, Sharon asks, can you be baptized a second time if you feel it's needed? You definitely can be baptized. As a matter of fact, let's go to Acts the 19th chapter. And we'll read, because um, I like to show what it is that we're talking about through the scripture. So we're, we're going to go and read people get re-baptized. For a second time you can be baptized for a third fourth fifth time it doesn't matter how many times it took you you just need to make sure that your baptism is valid in God's eyes because a lot of people will tell you it doesn't even matter how you get baptized not true though in Ephesians 4 and 5 it says there's one Lord one faith and baptism. one baptism it's only one way you got to do it it's only one way so let's, let's uh, start at uh, verse 1, Acts 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He hold, said, hold on a second. Now we see here Paul, now the only thing truly uh, important for our sake in the, in, the, in the point I'm trying to make here, in the first verse is Paul came to Ephesus that's the church that he wrote the letters to called Ephesians. The church was at Ephesus. So he came to Ephesus and he found disciples. People who already claimed to be followers of God. 
That's what a disciple is, a follower. Yeah. Now, notice what Paul asked them. Now, this is a God-sent preacher here. This, this is a God-sent person here. Look at what he asked them. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's my question. So many times I talk to people, I say, hey, hey man, uh, excuse me, sister. Have, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? <laughs> and they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now, these people, they're confused. They said, we, need, we never heard of it. What are you talking about, man? Notice the next question he asked them. And I wanted to add one quick thing. Notice it says, have you received the Holy Ghost since, since you believe? Since you believe. Mm -hmm. A lot of people today believe that Jesus is, their, uh, is the, um, the Son of God and our Lord and personal Savior. We believe, but there's still some more steps that we have to take. And we see Paul asking them, have they received the Holy Ghost since they believe? Okay, we know you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but have you received the Holy Ghost? I just wanted to add that. So now we're on verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? Now he checks their baptism. Now first he checks the Holy Ghost, then he checks their baptism. Why? Because it matters. People say, uh, this is how you do it. That's how you do it. There's so much debate on how you even should get baptized. Let's see how the people who wrote the Bible said we should do it. So they said, look, we've been baptized by John. Now, we know John the Baptist baptized Jesus, his cousin. He baptized Jesus. Now, let's see what Paul had to say about that. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. And what he tell them is John baptized them, but it wasn't the baptism that they need now. They needed to get rebaptized in the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's the name Jesus told us to be baptized in his name. That is the name that shed the blood for us. And I don't want to get too deep into that, but Even when we see Acts 2.38, Peter said be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, John was not baptized in the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus had not even made it there yet. So he didn't have the opportunity to baptize in the name of Jesus. So what these people had to do was get baptized for a second time. Now, somebody out there is going to say, well, it don't take all that. If it did not, why did... Uh, Paul rebaptized them. We'll see that in the next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They got rebaptized in the name of Jesus. So that'll answer your question. Can you be baptized a second time? Yes, a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth time too. If it was not in the name of Jesus, you need to be rebaptized because Paul felt a need. Now, this is the man that wrote majority of the Bible, majority of the New Testament, excuse me. Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles, which is us. So he felt the need to rebaptize them. And today, if we have not been baptized in Jesus, God wants you to get rebaptized. Because Paul wouldn't have done it if God didn't want them to do it. Yep. 
And like I was saying earlier, the way we enter into God's church is to be baptized in Jesus' name and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The same two things Paul first asked them. He found some people who declared that they were disciples and he said, have you gotten the Holy Ghost? Have you gotten baptized? I know you believe in Jesus. I know you believe in God. But have you done these two things? Because Paul understood those two things, they mean something. Let's move back to uh, Acts the second chapter. And I want to get, we'll start with 38. 38? Mm. So we're back in chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Every 30, 37, one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now these people are asking, what do we need to do to be saved? That, that's what they're asking. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now they ask this to Peter. Uh, if we've done any studying of the Bible, we know Peter has the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Peter has what it takes for us to enter in, for us to get inside of the church. Look at what Peter responds to these people. Now, this is the same message that Paul went down there to Ephesus with. Same message. The same message. So, my message today needs to be the same message that the people who actually touched Jesus slept beside him. Jesus washed their feet. My message needs to be the same message as those people. Let's look at what Peter said. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you been baptized? What, what, how were you baptized? Mm -hmm. For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Same two things. Same, Same two things. Paul said we shouldn't teach another gospel. There is not another but there'll be some that trouble you. There's some people that are going to say some other things that aren't true. So Peter gives the people the keys. He gives them what it's going to take to enter into the church. That's what we want to enter into today. Drop down to verse 41. He said, look, y'all need to be baptized and get the Holy Ghost. You think you'd be telling people to jump off a building or something today because you, if you tell people to get baptized and get the Holy Ghost, they fight you to the death. I don't even see what's the big deal. About because that. the God of this world has blinded their mind. The devil does not want you to do these things, friend, because this is deliverance. This is going to free you. This is the best thing that you're going to do. This is a part of your salvation. Peter just told us the water now saves us. That's the same Peter. The one talking here is the same one who wrote 1 Peter 3, 20, 21. He said, be baptized in Jesus' name because the water saves us. Peter has a deeper understanding of what happens in the water. I'm not going to get into it because... 
But Paul told us in Colossians, there's an operation that takes place in the water. But here, if we look at verse 41, look at how these people responded. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Gladly. And look at, they were added to the church. Look at that second part. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. These folks were added to the church. They were added into the church. Now, this, I'm talking about the church of God here. This is the church of God. I'm not talking about uh, first whatever or new hope, new faith. I'm not talking about the, 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 the building churches. I'm talking about the church of God. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They were added unto the church. Not the building, though. Not the building. This is the spiritual church of God. This is the true church here. They had to do these two things, though. That's the same doctrine that Philip went down and preached. Same two things. It's the same doctrine all throughout the scripture, but the God of this world does not want you to do it. It's also the same two things that Jesus told Nicodemus same in two um, the book of John, chapter 3. I know we say it many times that Jesus said, unless a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, it's water baptism and the Holy Spirit. And we see that in multiple places. Same two things. And a lot of people say it's not needed because there are certain verses in Ephesians and Romans and all that that says all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. But we just saw in Acts chapter 19 where Paul went down to Ephesus and finding certain disciples that, that you know, claim to be followers of God. They still had to get baptized in Jesus. They got re-baptized because they were baptized the wrong way. Well, not necessarily the wrong way at first, but it's not the right way that we need, need it done today. So they had to get it redone. All of the churches and from Ephesus to Corinth and all of those, they had to follow what the church in Acts did. And it's kind of off topic, but I mean, anybody try to prove to you salvation from the books of Romans through Revelations, they have to go back to what the book of Acts did. They have to go back because all of those churches were saved in the book of Acts. They were already saved and they had turned astray. That's all I had to add. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same message over and over in the Bible, but... It takes us to accept what God says because he's not going to change it. From the beginning, he's used water to save us, and he still does now. As Peter already said, he still used water to save us. Even in uh, Acts 2.38, notice what he said, the baptism is for. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Is for the forgiveness of sins. So we know if we don't have our sins forgiven, we won't be saved. We know that. That's the reason Jesus died. But even though he died, he said it is finished. His work was finished. Now we have to do some things. He said, present your body a living sacrifice. It, don't let anybody fool you. There are some things that God's still calling each and every one of us to do. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So each and every day, if, I'm, if I want to be saved, I still have to live a saved life. 
still some things he wants me to do. His work is done. He was finished at the cross. He died and went on. But now our work begins. And if we look, that's what people got in trouble for. He said, I was hungry and you fed me not. Now, he got on people because of their work right there. He said, I was hungry and you fed me not. I was naked and you clothed me not. I was sick and you visited me not. He, that's the work. So there are some things we must do. And the first two things that God is requiring us to do is be baptized and get the Holy Ghost. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, that's completely different than being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's a complete difference. Complete, huge difference. Because saying the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is not calling on the name of Jesus. Because the Son, we know who the Son is. I'll let you read it. Sharon says, this may sound crazy, but break down to me what is a saved life and living it. So what I mean by that is, if I'm saved, I must do things that saved people are supposed to do. Let's go to the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter. If I'm going to live saved, I won't I should not be living after the desires of Tony. Jesus said in one place, except except you deny yourself, you can't be my disciple. There's something we have to deny ourselves of things. And there's a lot of things that Tony desires. It ain't what God wants. So let's look at, uh, we'll start with verse 17. And we're going to, to see what an unsaved life looks like. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. This is the reason we need the Holy Ghost. We need the spirit because the spirit is going to fight off us doing what God told us not to do. Because there are some people out there. That say, I want to do what God told me I want to do right, but I just can't right now. There's some things stopping me. And I tell you, if you have not received the Holy Ghost, or even if you are not sure you received the Holy Ghost, this is one of the things. Uh, and these are, are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you, you would. You cannot do the things that you need and want to do if it if you actually want to, to live a saved life. But if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Mm -hmm. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now this, these are things that God said we can't live like this. Cause why? Because we're not living a holy life. These are the things. Sins. Sins is what separated us from God from the very beginning. Now, again, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. I always mess this word up. Lascivious. <laughs> Lascivious. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, hold, wrath. Hold on a sec. Sharon said, I'm one of those people who are saying those things. That you need to do uh, right, but you just can't. It's something holding you back. If that is what you're saying, 
God wants to give you the Holy Ghost and he wants you to be baptized in his name because after you do that and you continue seeking God, a world of change is going to happen for you. It is going to get extremely easier. I mean, Melvin can tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> he can tell you about it. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, to put it lightly, it, it is a marvelous thing if you choose to to do those two things and also continue seeking God. My God, He's gonna He's gonna lighten some some burdens on you. You got some like you? Oh no, oh, okay. I don't have any. <laughs> okay, but so we see here. These are some things that separates us from God. We see adultery, fornicating, and we know what these things are. Lasciviousness, idolatry, making things ahead of God. We can have a lot of things can be our idol. I mean, I can I can choose football. That can be my idol. When it's time to study and read God, I don't have time for that. But the football game, I got time for that all day. If the see I don't, I don't want to get too deep into that. Uh, emulation, variance, hatred. I mean, so many. Th these are not things of God. So how can I be saved if I walk around hating everybody? How can I be saved if I'm a racist? If I say, well, I just don't like white people. How can I be <laughs> saved? How can, how can I truly expect God to let me into heaven when I got something against somebody's skin color? Something they had nothing to do with. How can I be saved? Is that not ludicrous? How can I be saved if I'm, if I'm committing fornication every day? If I know I need to get married to this girl, God told me to get married. He said, you need to be married so you can be out of sin. How can I be saved and say, God, I love you. I'm going to do what you say, God. But every day I'm still with this woman that I should not be with. How can I be saved if I'm sleeping with another man's wife? I'm doing it. How can I be saved? How can I be saved? If I'm a murderer, if I if I'm going out murdering people every day, you if you looked at me and if I were doing this, you wouldn't even want to listen to me. You say, man, that dude, he ain't saved. He just murdered somebody yesterday. How is he saved? He he just murdered some. How can I be saved if I were drunk sitting here right now? If I put a a a, a bottle of of. Smyrna. Smyrna, whatever. I, I want to go hard liquor. If I put some cognac right here, black people know about cognac. If I put some cognac right here, and I'm taking a sip after every verse, and I'm on here slurring my speech, you say, man, this fella ain't saved. This boy, he a joke. Even you could admit that I'm not saved and I'm doing this. So if we can see it, because now I've talked to people. If you talk to people, they'll tell you what it is you're not supposed to be doing. People who don't, I mean, now I'm talking about people that don't go to church, don't do it. I was just getting a haircut uh, earlier. And he said, man, people that go to church every day. He, he was talking about how people that go to church aren't treating him. He, he was saying that people weren't treating him the way that they would want to be treated. He said, man, I don't even go to church and I know that. People who aren't even saved 
know how saved people are supposed to act. People not even saved can tell you that. So that's what I mean, and I hope I'm uh, I hope I'm making sense to you. But that's what I mean about living a saved life. It is a lifestyle in which I must stand for the things that God told me to stand for. Jesus said, love your enemies. We can't even love. We don't even love our friends. We're ready to backstab our own friends. How can we love our enemies? So it's, it's a lot of stuff that go into living a saved lifestyle. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, the clock will get me before I finish <laughs> telling you all the things that require a saved life. But, but I do want to go down. Uh, finish read verse 21. Uh, Envings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you catch that last part, Sharon? That's the reason I went here. Now, Paul is talking here. He said, I've told you before. I told you in the past time. If you live a life doing these things, you won't inherit God. You will not make it to heaven. You, you won't be saved. I've told now that does not mean if you've done this once, if you've done it, if you used to do it, or even if you're trying to stop. But if you continue in that life, he said you won't make it. That's why Jesus said, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You, you're not gonna make it if unless you change. Now that's Jesus' words. And we see Paul is backing up what Jesus said here. He said, I've told you in the past, if you continue to live a lifestyle like this, you can't make it. I mean, it's sad to say, it's really not sad to say, this is the words of God, you just can't make it. So I know as people, we don't want to really accept this. We want to say, I can do whatever I want to do and still be saved. That's not how God works, though. It's mm -hmm. not how God works. But let's look look down. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to 22. We'll, we'll see what a saved life is supposed to look like. Some of the things that saved people are supposed to be doing. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Now, these are things that we should be practicing as Christians. Love. Now, love is a tough word. <laughs> Because love is an action. Love is, even though Melvin may reject something I'm saying for 20 years, I still have to keep trying and hoping that Melvin will finally see what it is I'm saying. That's love. It's love to have patience with somebody. God is long-suffering. Can we be long-suffering with people, though? Can we continue... Even though they're on the wrong side right now, can we love them enough to be patient for 20 years? 40 years? 40 years? We can't even be patient. I struggle sometimes even being patient an hour. Can you be patient with someone for 40 years? Look at how long God's waiting on us to get ourselves together. That's long suffering. He suffers long with us. 
Look at how loving God is. And that's what we say we want to be more like Christ. We don't really, want, we don't really mean that. <laughs> we don't mean that. When, once we find out just who Christ really was and what he's asking us to do, we say, nah, I don't know about all that saved stuff. I might not want to be a Christian no more. We got to have faith. Faith. <laughs> Uh, faith is a lot. I'm, I'm going to just move on from that. Meekness. It said Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Moses was the meekest man at the time on the face of the earth. He wasn't meeker than Jesus, though. Jesus obviously came later. But can we be meek? Can we be slow to anger? When people intentionally do stuff to make you mad, he said, love your enemies. When they intentionally set your tire on flat, when they intentionally bust your window, when they intentionally <laughs> burn your house down, can you still love them? Can you still be these people? It's some hard stuff. It's some hard stuff. Somebody that, even if you were in a relationship and the person lied to you, broke your heart. I mean, downright broke your heart. Can you still forgive that person? Can you still love them? People today, <laughs> if people today break up, they said, man, I wish them all kinds of evil. I hope they never get with anybody else. So many things we wish evil on people. Sharon says it's hard to be meek, Tony. <laughs> it is unless you live according to the Spirit, according to the Holy Ghost. See, God, He is not going to tell us to do these things if it were going to be impossible for us to do them. So that's why it is extremely, and I mean extremely important, to receive His Spirit because God's worked on me a lot. And I know I can speak for Melvin and say the same thing. God's worked on him a lot. So, and, and, and obviously none of us are where we need to be, but if we can take a step back and look at ourselves how we were last year, we can say, man, God brought me a long way this past year. I would have reacted in this situation the wrong way. But now that I've been trying to get my heart right with God, trying to live more like Christ, now I can treat this person a little bit better than I would have treated them last year. Last year, I might have cursed them out and, <laughs> and, and flipped them off through a finger sign up. But this year, I'm saying God, God helped them and God helped me too. Helped me to get over what it is that they did to me. God helped me to forgive them. God, I don't want to wish any evil on them because I know if I wish evil on them, now I have to be repaid for that evil. Uh, Sharon says, well, he is still working on me and we got a ways to go. <laughs> you'll get there, Sharon, if you truly want to. And I believe you do. You'll get there. I, I really believe you do. You'll get there. God is no respect of a person. And, and just from what he's done for just even us two, I know God, he'll, he'll take you the same way. He'll bring you the same way. But all of this stuff that 
God told us to do, he will make a way for it to happen for you. These are the reasons, this is the reason that Jesus died. He said it is expedient for him to go away because if he did not go away, the Holy Ghost would not come. Sharon said she's better than last year. Thank God. Thank God. And you're going to be better even next year too. But Jesus died so that we can have life and that more abundantly. And in him is nothing but life. He died so that we can have his spirit. And without his spirit, we'd never be able to love our enemies. I don't care what anybody said. Without his spirit, we won't be able to do that. There's a lot of things that God wants us to do that we'll never be able to without his spirit. And even then, it still is a choice. You still have to want to do it. If you don't want to do it, you're just not going to do it. But um, I hope I answered that question for you, Sharon. Um, but God is, he's definitely, he hasn't changed the way he operates. Even throughout the whole Old Testament, he used water as a, a means of salvation. And today is no different. He's using the water as a means of our salvation. It is a part of our salvation. Doesn't mean just because you get baptized you're saved. Doesn't mean that at all. But it is still a part of salvation. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He didn't say he that believeth or is baptized. It's an and. I mean, you got to do what comes after. Oh, conjunction. <laughs> you got to do it. But there is so much that we could say on this topic. And I know we skip around a lot in these verses, but, I mean, go read it all. <laughs> we skip around a lot for the sake of time because if we read every verse that it takes to, like, actually get this point across and any point that we try to make, we'll be here all night. <laughs> It'd be a continuous live stream 24-7. It's just That's just how much stuff can be said on each and every topic. So what we only read verse 17 through 22. Go read the whole chapter 5. And the whole, I see you commented, but in the whole book of Galatians, we challenge you to read it all. But Sharon says, so is that what the flood about salvation? So is that what the flood was about salvation when he only saves those eight people? Yeah, what he was, what he was doing was showing us how Many are called, but few are chosen. He was showing us how only a few people were going to be saved. Few people were saved then. Few people are going to be saved now. No, that does not mean only eight people are going to be saved. But what he's saying is, we are, as, as, as wanting to be a true Christian, you're going to be in the minority. Majority of the world is not going to be saved. That's what the Bible says. So he was showing us even back then how God takes things and he shows us a way of salvation that people are going to say that doesn't make sense. Because right now, if I say you must be baptized in order to be saved, somebody said, well, I just don't see why. 
what does it matter? That's the same way people looked at the ark back then. They looked at it. Noah saying, look, you need to get in this ark to be saved. They looked, no doubt, at the lions, the bears, all these animals, the, the crocodile, the alligator, the, the, the hippo. They look at all these animals and say, man, that dude must think I'm crazy. I'm not going in there. Why would I go in there? That's not saving me if I go in there. I'm going to die if I go in there, man. But he is trying to tell them, no, you're going to die out here because the God Almighty, he is going to destroy this world. And everybody that is not choosing the escape route. So, like I mentioned earlier, and I don't know if you were if you had made it on here yet, Sharon, but there's a scripture in let's go get that scripture in First Corinthians 1 and 27. This is how God operates. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God chose things that seem <clears throat> foolish in man's eyes, in humanity's eyes. It looks foolish. If I tell you right now, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved. You say, that's foolish. Why would God... What, what? Baptism don't mean anything. People say it all the time. They say, why, would I, why do I have to do that? It's just water. It's just water. Why do I have to do it? God chose it. That's why you have to do it. God chose some things that seem foolish in people's eyes, and he actually is going to use some things that you think is foolish, and he is going to save people with it. Like I said earlier, no doubt, Noah's own family thought that was crazy. No doubt. They said, man, you're going to take all these wild animals inside of there and you expect me to come in there with you? No doubt they thought it was crazy. No one on the face of the earth at the time of Noah had ever seen rain fall from heaven. They never seen rain come out of a cloud. So no doubt they said, man, that's foolish. It's not going to rain, man. What are you talking about? Would you think you got some revelation that none of us got? That's why it takes <laughs> faith to trust him. Because if it were things that weren't foolish, I mean, it wasn't really going to take any faith to trust him. Mm -hmm. We just read in Galatians that um, faith was one of those things that um, living a saved life, so to say. And another reason he did use the flood for salvation, he showed us that only few are going to be saved. Go read Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. And also... How very few people are going to take heed to what God is telling us. And it's just today. It's just like it is today. Only a few are going to listen. And only a few are going to get into this metaphorical art that we call, that, that is the church today. It's only going to be a few. And it's so sad to say, um, that's what our focus verse is today. I don't know if you were here at the time, but it's Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. And it says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be. In the days of the Son of Man. There's nothing new under the sun. And the very next verse was saying what they were doing. They were living their best life, so to say. Marrying, <laughs> eating, and drinking, having a grand time. Mm -hmm. Not listening to what Noah was saying about how it was going to be raining. That's mm -hmm. the same thing that we're doing today. We're putting God on the back burner. We're doing what we want to do. We're putting so much time and effort into school, into our jobs, into our relationships that we're not paying attention to what God is saying. Now, there's nothing wrong. Like, I just graduated last Saturday. 
So I'm not saying I'm not against education. You get it. But don't make that your God. Don't make that your idol. Don't put so much work into that to where you're disregarding what God is saying. We just saw in Galatians chapter 5 that idolatry was one of the things that he hates. And I can speak for myself with this. I remember growing up in high school and I, I made Kobe Bryant my idol. As many people can attest to that. Don't get me wrong, I'm still a fan of Kobe Bryant, but I don't put him above uh, above God like I used to. I didn't think that I put Kobe above God like I um, like I actually did because I was blinded at the time. Like I wanted my game to be just like he was. I wanted to go to the NBA just like Kobe. I used to want to grow an afro <laughs> just <laughs> like Kobe. I wanted to do every single thing just like Kobe. I was making him my idol, but. You know, when I had to open my eyes to the what the Bible was saying, and I, I had to put all that stuff behind me. Yes, I wanted to be like Kobe. I wanted to go to the NBA, but that may not be the path that God wants me to take. So Jesus said, deny yourself. So I had to deny what I wanted. I had to deny what the flesh wants and um, do what God says. What God wants for me may not be what I want at the time, but if I trust him and do what he said, then he's going to make sure that I'm happy doing it. And so that's what, that's what we have to do. We have to deny ourselves. We have to do and just pay attention to what God is saying. We are definitely in the minority. In the days of Noah, it Sharon says, we put him on the back burner until we're in trouble and then go to calling on his name. People need to learn to praise him and trust him through the good and the bad times in our lives. <laughs> Man, Kobe sucks. Well, for one, you spelled his name wrong. I'm, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But how dare you? But, I mean, that's what I did. I, ha I had to let, I had to let all, of that, all of that go. But definitely, we've had people – come to our Bible studies when they were in the, their time of need. Maybe it was because they broke up with their significant other or the house caught on fire or somebody slashed their tires, whether it be purposely or accidental. I'm not sure how you can accidentally slash somebody's tires, but that's beside the point. That's besides the point. But, I mean, they would only come when they were in a bind. And after that, that little storm was over, we didn't see them anymore. <laughs> and that's what so many of us do. Like, like you say, we... And in our time of trouble, we call on the name of the Lord. And then he, he'll bring us through that storm, and then we throw up the guns. Well, see you guys. And we out the door. And that's it. We go right back to living in our lives of sin. It, it, it's so sad. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to set up now. Oh, you, you are, you, man. You go ahead. <laughs> you are. But it's, it's so true, Sharon, what you were saying and what Melvin was saying. That's just how we are as people. And it takes something to happen to us for us to turn to God and hopefully we stay consistent in trying to seek him Definitely. hopefully that that's the hope because it's going to take something for us to turn to God it took some for me to come it, it took some things to go wrong in my life for me to say man I need you God and and once I found him I realized I didn't need to go back to doing what I was doing I realized I needed to be true and, and not just come to God when things are bad but come to him when things are good because he'll make them even better definitely but I hope you understood what we were trying to do with the flood of Noah Noah we were just trying to 
get people to see that the flood caught those people off guard. They weren't ready. What Melvin was talking about in Luke, the 20, uh, 17 chapter, verse 27, it talked about how they, the people, they lived their lives. Noah told them, hey, a flood's coming. They were eating, drinking, getting married, doing whatever it is that they wanted to do, building. They, they were <laughs> building the new stuff. I'm sure they asked whatever they were building back then. They built the new stuff. And so people looked at, wow, that's nice. I want to build me one. All of that was going on, and it's going on right now. You got people building their nice house. You got people buying, working so hard to get their new car. You got so much people going, going to school uh, however many years to get their undergraduate, get their mastery, get their doctorate. That's nice. But do they know God? Do they trust God? Are they, are they doing what God said do? And that's where we are today. And Jesus said, so as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be the same way in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We are going to be caught off guard today. That's why he said, watch and pray. We're going to be caught off guard. Even if the rapture does not take place, a lot of us are still going to die before you're gonna get caught off guard people we're, a lot of times people aren't anticipating death a lot of times now you may get some terminally ill disease where you're going where you know you're going to die soon but a lot of times people just somebody say oh they had a massive stroke out of nowhere and next thing we know they were dead it happens all the time even here um i know can't remember his name but God bless uh, the families. It, it was a, I think he was an alderman, or I can't remember his name. I didn't really even know him, but it was a man pretty high up in Oxford. He just died. God bless him um, and, and the family. But, I mean, it, it's sad, but we, we just, death is knocking at our door. As soon as we come into life, we're headed out. We're on our way out of here as soon as we come in. But, God is giving us time. He's, God is giving us all these years, whether it be 20, 15, 40, 100. He's giving us these years so that we can choose to learn who he is because we, we aren't meant to stay here the way, this, the way the world is right now. We aren't meant to be here forever. Yeah, people are trying so many <laughs> ways to find immortality. They want to be uh, here. But the immortality that they see is on their nightstand collecting dust. It's on their bookshelf. Man. The immortality that they see. Because God's made an escape plan. And just like he did in the days of Noah, he is doing today. He is using water as our escape, as part of our escape plan. And that's the reason we've seen Peter bring it up. That's the reason we've seen Paul, Philip, all of the apostles. They all talk about the water. So that's the reason we talk about it so much here is because we can finally see just how important the water is because it's been important throughout time. It's important even today. People say water, water don't mean that much, yet they're still drinking it. Yet they're going to go home and take a shower in it. And they say, water don't mean that much. 
you, you mean tell me baptism means something? <laughs> we use water when we cook. We are made majority of water. God did none of this by uh, a mistake, a coincidence. <laughs> we 70% water and the earth is 70% water. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. Sharon says, used to be the sheriff, I think, uh, talking about the guy that recently passed in Oxford. Okay. And he had a grand a grand funeral blocked off whole roads. With, with all that being done for him, that still doesn't mean he is going to heaven. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, I remember the sheriff that you're talking about. Uh, but there was a guy that just died, actually, uh, what's today? I think last week or the beginning of this week. He was like an alderman or something. But I do remember the sheriff that you're talking about. Because, um... Can't think of his name though, because I think his son or something is is running for sheriff now, or may have already won. I don't know, uh, but but we can definitely see when a person is well respected um, for the work that they've done, and and there's nothing wrong with that uh, because there's a lot of people who've done a lot of great things for um, not only the city of Oxford but also the world, but. One person that I'm trying to help us to honor and respect is the Lord Jesus for what he's done. Because no, nothing none of us can ever do can compare to what he did for us. To give his life the way we did. But he is one of the people that we forget to honor so often. Uh, we'll honor our parents and our children and we'll put everybody else on a pedestal, our spouse or whoever, but Jesus, we kind of just look over what he did. But had it not been for him, we wouldn't even have, we wouldn't even be thinking about going to heaven because it'd be completely out of the question. But... But um, I just, I, I thank God for Jesus because, man, without him, we'd all be lost. But, yeah, um, I, I do remember the sheriff that you're talking about. It was, what, a few months back, I think, maybe a month or two. Hadn't been that long ago, though. But um, I don't really have anything else. Um, Sharon, if you got any more questions, it's your time. What was the top? Oh, yeah, the safety and the ark. Yeah, there's safety and the ark. Um, but today, our ark is the church. Did you cover all the scriptures? Uh, I always got a lot more scriptures. I didn't even go to the Matthew scriptures because. Yeah. yeah, right, when that time, I think. It's starting to get nah, questions. Nah, I won't go to that scripture because it, it was a. Nah, I don't have to go to that <laughs> scripture. Well, I must say that I pray that uh, we are the few that choose to listen to what God is saying because it's the straight and narrow pathway that leads into life or to heaven. I know we've all heard this um, saying, the staircase to heaven, highway to hell. <laughs> people are going to be going to hell, like a lot of people, quick too. But I just pray that we all fit into that category of the few. And Sharon says, I'm just glad you guys cleared a lot 
of the fog I had about things up Melvin, I have to throw this out there. Draymond Green is the best, not up for debate. <laughs> Draymond Green, Lord Jesus. You can't say it anybody but Draymond Green. Uh, well, uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> we definitely appreciate you, though, Sharon, and um, I'm thankful that we could help you in any way. And I pray that we can continue to help you. Um, and you can continue to keep us sharp also. Continue to help us asking us questions and keeping us reading. I, I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. It's greatly appreciated. If no one else has any questions or comments, we definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> And Sharon, we know you got to get to watching the Golden State game. Oh, yeah, it's actually about to come on. So that be it. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you guys to come to our Bible yes. study every Tuesday. And <laughs> the main two questions, have you been? Celia. Oh, hey, Cece. Yeah, you can definitely watch it. We'll be done in a few few minutes, but if you had any questions, you can definitely ask. Uh, let me ask. Oh, no problem, Sharon. You can definitely ask any questions. Sharon says, let me ask this, please. What is you? What are your guys' thoughts on gays in the church? Um, no, no, no problem at all. Uh, now, gays in the church, I'm not sure if you mean... What what exactly do you mean by gays in the church before I answer the question? Um, because all there first I'll say this. There is no sin that's greater than the other sin. And I may want to get Romans the first chapter. Maybe. I'm not sure if I want to get that or not. But there is no sin that's greater than, than any other sin minus blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And so, meaning you can be forgiven. A gay person can be forgiven just like a person that is a murderer. Uh, a gay person can be forgiven just like a person that is a liar because the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. So, God holds all of those sins equally. So God wants uh, people who are homosexuals to come to the church because how else are they ever going to get over that? Sharon says, preaching, two men and one of them preaching and the other, other than first gentleman. Is that okay? Two men and one of them preaching and the other than first gentleman? You know, like how they say first lady. Good God Almighty. <laughs> Wait, so you're trying to say, are you saying like they're married or? <laughs> well, now, if they're preaching, oh, that ain't, that ain't going to work. Let's go, let's go to the book of Romans. I hope you got some more time, Sharon. I hope that basketball game isn't calling your name too much, but Let's go to the book of Romans. Uh, we'll start in the first chapter and verse 25 because 
Now, if now there's nothing wrong with um, homosexuality uh, when people come to the church if they're willing to change it. But now, God doesn't want you to stay in the church like that. That's the church is just like a hospital. You come to get healed. If you go to a hospital and you have cancer, they're trying to they're fighting as hard as they can and you're fighting as hard as they hard as you can. Okay, Sharon says she has time. You're fighting as hard as you can when you go to a hospital to get rid of whatever disease you have. Sin is the same way. When we come to church, it is to get over whatever sin it is that's keeping us from truly experiencing God the way he wants us to. And homosexuality is no different. So God is not okay by no means with any person staying homosexual after they make it to the church. So for people that say, well, God is okay with homosexuality. He wants you to be gay. There is no such thing in the Bible. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. and We'll start at verse 25. Uh, okay, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship instead of the creature more than the creator, who mm -hmm. is blessed forever? Mm -hmm. Amen. For this cause, God gave for this cause God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Now we're going to start talking about how God gives up people because they continue to choose to do what God didn't. God told them not to do. We're going to see that here. So the women, they did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And he's talking about homosexuality. We'll see that in the next verse. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Men not being with women. Look at what happens next. Burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. It ain't right. And men with men being together, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. It's which, an error. Which was meat. It's, a, it's an error. Read the next verse. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to, reprobate mind, to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. It's not right. And so if a person wants to continue to do that, God's just going to give them over to a reprobate mind, meaning they can't tell right from wrong. They say, oh, God <coughs> want me to be gay. He, God made me to be gay. That's what they're going to be saying. But it's all wrong. God, see, from the beginning, Jesus hit on this. He said, from the beginning, God made them male and female. We, we got to get that. We, we got to get that. Because they asked Jesus about uh, marriage. Uh, Matthew. Sharon says, some people will argue they are born that way and God doesn't make mistakes. We are all born into sin. You can have a baby and let's say your baby is about three years old, four years old. That baby can waste something on the floor. Uh, let's say she has a cup. Baby's a girl. She has a cup. She wastes, uh, she spills whatever's in the, the cup on the floor. You come in there upset. Did you do this? Now, now obviously, you're not going to whoop the little three-year-old, but you come in there. Did you do this? The baby said, I didn't do that. 
Now, babies lie all the time. A lot of babies know they didn't do something, or excuse me, know they did something, but will say they didn't do it because they don't want to get in trouble. Baby's smart. The baby's smart, but that's a lie. It's a lie. So, we're what the point I'm making is we're born into sin. Doesn't make it right though. Doesn't mean we can't change. See, we've all lied. I've lied, stolen, said all kinds of things I shouldn't have said, but. It is my choice to continue to do that. I've known people who used to be gay, but they're not anymore. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost. That's what the power of the Holy Ghost can do. If you allow it, it'll change the way you think. It'll change you from being the person you used to be to the person you need to be. So let's look at uh, Matthew 19. And we'll start with verse 3. They came and asked Jesus a question about marriage. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now they brought up marriage now. Now we know God wants us to get married because if you don't and we have sex and are not married, it's fornication. We know that. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, why did he say that? Why did he say that? He said that because in the beginning, God made male and female to be together. To In the beginning, God knew Adam and Eve were going to sin, but he didn't make them. A lot of times people say he didn't make them Adam and Steve. A lot of times people say that, but he didn't. Why? Because God meant for male and female to be together throughout the journey of life. A man cannot get pregnant. He cannot, not naturally on his own, because God did not create him to get pregnant. So a male and male being together trying to create a family, God said it is not going to work. So I don't care what they try to do, it doesn't work. But with science and technology, we think in evil. Our hearts are evil, so we say, well, we're going to go and create a baby inside of this man. Because we seek many inventions. <laughs> God made us all right, but we're seeking many inventions. So we're going out of our way to prove God wrong and say, no, God, I don't want to be with the, the opposite gender. I want to be with the person that looks just like me. So. But it doesn't work. So Jesus said from the beginning, he did this from the very beginning. He wanted male and female to be together. But we got Christians, self-proclaiming Christians today that say, it ain't nothing wrong with gays being together. They say, that, that, it ain't nothing. That's not the Bible, though. That's not the book, though. Jesus did not stand for homosexuality. Like I said, God wants if you struggle with being gay, God wants you to come to church. I'm not, I'm by no means saying you should throw people out of church for being gay because people do that. And, and it's wrong. You should be trying to help those people see that what they're doing is wrong. That is no different from me trying to help somebody who gets drunk all day long see that it's wrong. It's no different from me seeing somebody uh, smoke weed all day, smoke crack all day, wh whatever it is. Is no different from me seeing them do that and I'm saying, man, 
that's, that's not what God wants you to be doing. It, it's not. And I, I want to help you not live that lifestyle. So from the beginning, God made them male and female. He said uh, a man should leave home, leave his mother and his father and cleave unto his wife. God said that. So there is nowhere where we can find God say, well, you know what? I messed up. There's nowhere we can find God say, well, you know what? Now I want them to, to be male and male. He said, no, for this, because it was male and male working that which is unseemly, God gave them to a reprobate mind to do the things that they wanted to do. He gave, he, he said, well, you know what? You can have what it is you want to have. If you so desperately, being a man, want to be with a man that you just will not listen, go ahead and do what you want to do then. It, it ain't going to work out for you in the end, though. I know we want to hear our parents say that. Go ahead and do it. See what happens. <laughs> Change your mind quick. We know. We know when our parents told us not to do so. They said, well, well go ahead then. See what you're going to get. <laughs> See what's going to happen to you. And God's saying the same thing. God just gave them over to a reprobate mind. Just allow the devil to have his way with them. We choose these things. All because we say, well, I just, I got a gay relative, so I just, ah, my, my child is gay. This person's gay in my life, and I just love them. If you love them, friend, and you are a Christian, you would try desperately to get them to see that God is not okay with what they're doing. If you love them, because that's love. That's love because in the end, God is not going to be okay with it. God is never going to be okay with sin. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I said, it, he's not harder on gays than he is on liars. And another thing is um, a lot of people make it seem just they twist our words. And then make it sound like we're saying that God hates gays. Mm -mm. And that's not the case at all. He loves mm -mm. the person. It is the sin that he hates. God does not hate like any person. Whether I'm homosexual, I'm gay, or anything. That's the same thing. <laughs> or I'm a liar. Or he doesn't hate me. It's the sin that he, he is not okay with. <laughs> so just to clear that up, he does not hate the gay he hates the sin. And he hates all sinners equally. That's, that's why we went through that list of things in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Those are things that he hates. He said if you live in that life, if you continue doing those, you won't make it. And it's the same thing with homosexuality. If you continue to do it, you won't make it. But it's because... Everything has gotten off track in the world. And with the way society is progressing, we're continuing and continuing to get further and further away from God as a society. We, we claim to be followers of God. They profess that they know God, but in works, deny Him. That's the scripture. We profess that we know God, we profess that we're Christians, but in our actions, in our beliefs, we deny them every time. There's no way any preacher is going to say God called them to preach and they're gay. 
if they're continuing to live in that lifestyle and promoting that God is okay with it, he's not. There is no preacher, if he's a drunkard, he's not going to be up there. He's not going to be able to say God sent him. I'll take that back. I'll say God didn't send him. Sharon says, how can, and I'm guessing she means God-ordained, how can a God-ordained preacher, well, supposed to be married two of the same sex, meaning they are okay with the sin, but not okay with the thief? How can? I'm guessing she's saying, how can a God-ordained preacher, well, they're supposed to be God-ordained, married two of the same sex, married to the same sex, meaning they are okay with this, that sin, but not okay with the thief? Oh, they, I'm guessing she's well, saying, I guess a preacher, a, he... He married. Are you saying a preacher married two men together, but they don't like thieves? Okay, yeah, that's probably what she's saying. I see that. So they married. They're they're they married they're, two men together, but yeah. yeah but then um, they say they're not okay with thieves. <laughs> yeah, because they pick and choose what it is that they want to believe. But again, we see through scripture, and that's not the only scripture. We can go many different places, but God is not okay with stealing. He said, thou shalt not steal. He's not okay with stealing, but stealing is equal in God's eye now, in God's eye. Yeah, one sin is not bigger than the other. There is not greater. Stealing and homosexuality are on the same level in God's eye, because all sin is. Go all the way back to Adam and Eve eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, we can look at that and say, man, they just ate. A lot of times people say it was an apple or whatever fruit people say it is. Hypothetically, let's say it was an apple. They said, oh, all they did was eat an apple. That ain't that, that's not that big of a deal. But look at how God did it. What has that done? Look at how God reacted to it. Look at the situation that we find ourselves in today. We got to work for a living. All because they ate of the tree. We wouldn't have to work for anything. <laughs> would be no pain, no sorrow. No. We wouldn't even know what a sin is, but all because they did that little thing. <laughs> but somehow we think we're going to break all of God's rules today and say, he going to let me in. That's what Jesus died for. We think Jesus died just so we can still intentionally disobey God. Intentionally, that's, that's, that's what we think Jesus died for, the right for us to intentionally disobey God. Not so. God forbid, how shall we continue in sin? God forbid that. I mean, Jesus said what Paul was saying, but it is uh, God's word as well. We read it in Galatians chapter 5 of all the people who will not inherit heaven. So if we continue to do all those things and God lets us in, that makes him a liar. And he, he <laughs> need to go to hell himself, but we know that's not going to happen. Sharon says, it's funny how people say it was an apple, but the Bible only said a fruit. Yep. <laughs> it did only say a fruit. People ask stuff all the time. Even we if we read back in Genesis chapter 3, um, Eve added something that God didn't say. God said, don't eat of the tree. And Eve, Eve said, no, nah, we can't even touch it. God never said that. So we see way back in the beginning of time, they were adding to God's word. God said, don't add or take away. 
There's so many deep things in the Bible. Because we, we have not even scratched the surface of the depths of the scripture. We have not even scratched the surface. Nope. There's so many things to dive into. <laughs> but Sharon, definitely I appreciate you asking that question um, because uh, a lot of people are wondering those same things. And I don't think we've ever even really just discussed homosexuality on here. Yeah, I don't think uh, we have. So I definitely appreciate you for asking. But we we have, as Christians, we have to stand um, firm on the things that God God says. Because I know a lot of preachers, they don't even want to get into the homosexuality thing because how so many other people are going to react. But... You're trying to tell the word of God we cannot be afraid of stepping on toes. And no matter, because we already know that whoever, the from the very few people that watch this, some may think that we're homophobic. <laughs> they think, oh, you, you just don't like gays. That's not the case. We're literally just saying, you know, this is what God is saying. If it were up to me alone, I don't care. You marry who you want to marry. But it's not up to what I want, and it's not up to what Tony wants, it's up to what God wants. And that's like the big, <laughs> that's the thing when it comes to um, teaching guys where people will call you so many things because it doesn't agree with what, they're, with what they think or what they want to live. They call us homophobic, and that's totally not the case. So many other things. It, it's just a lot, a lot of stuff to get into. Sharon says, thank you guys for answering, and no no problem. Thank you for asking. Definitely. Because those are definitely questions that are on people's minds. Like, there are gays out there that they know it's not right, and they want to get out of it, but they're too scared to go to the church because they're afraid they're going to get judged. And it's sad to say that some churches out there will judge you. And we'll close their doors on you. And that's totally not the way that it should be. You don't need to be in that place anyway. Thank right. God. So, Thank God that you can make it somewhere else. So for whoever that's out there that, you know, does have that battle, you know, find a church. If you get judged in one church, you don't, like Tony just said, you don't need to be there. Go to another church. You need to be baptized and you need to get the Holy Ghost. Because um, there's one scripture that says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Because the flesh... It's not going to be paying for eternity for your actions. The flesh is going to do what the flesh wants to do. If your flesh seeks a person of the same sex, then that's what the flesh wants. And we are weak and we're going to give in. The flesh wants to get drunk. The flesh wants to fornicate. And the spirit knows that this stuff is wrong. The spirit is willing. Why? Because the spirit, that's what's going to be tormented for eternity. That's what's going to be in heaven for eternity based on what we do here on this earth. So that's why Jesus said we need to deny ourselves, deny our flesh. Fear God. Don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. God is the only person that can kill the soul, not man. So no matter what man says unto you, we have to do what God says. We have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. That's the only way. That's, that's how we're going to break 
break away from our um, egos, having too big of an ego. That's how we're going to break away from thinking that we're bigger than another person. That's God hates pride. That's what's going to break us out of our homosexuality. That's what's going to break us out of our... <laughs> a lot of people have a habit of lying. It's going to break us away from all of that. And it's not going to be right off the bat, like right when you get baptized or right when you get the Holy Ghost, then everything is going to be peaches and cream. It's not like that. It's definitely going to be a battle. But the battle is going to be worthwhile. The scripture that says it's for those who endure to the end. Once you endure to the end, it's going to be so worth it. The scripture that says there are many mansions in my father's house. But we have to do what he said to get there. And it has to be what we do. Not only what we say, because our actions, I know we've all heard the saying, actions speak louder than words. We've all heard that. It's going to be what we do. So we have to make sure what we do is lined up with what God said do. Homosexuality, it's not going to, he didn't say do that. He said not to do that. Fornication, idolatry, adultery. And I remember um, in the scripture it says that you've heard that those who are caught in the act of adultery are going to be damned. But now he says, if you, if you so even think about it, if you look at another person with um, adultery, you have committed adultery. If you look at another person in lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. It's, we just have to line up with what God is saying. Amen, Sharon. Do you have anything else to add? Nah. A lot more can be said, but I mean, nah. we've been on it for a long time. Nah, I don't have anything. Uh, Sharon, did you have any more questions? Okay. Or anyone else out there? Definitely, you got an opportunity to ask whatever questions before we close it off for the night. We'll sit here as long as anybody got something they like to say or ask. Yeah, I don't have anything else to do. No, Sharon probably wants to go watch Draymond Green. Well, she said amen, so. Well. Guess we can um, wrap it up. Well, and as we say always, thank you guys for, you know, tuning in and wanting to see what thus says the Lord. And we always want to end off with the question, have you been baptized in Jesus' name and have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues? you haven't please make it your prioritized mission to do so and watch how your life will vastly change for the better I am a living witness Tony is as well so if there be no more <laughs> Sarah says I don't have any more but my mind works better in the wee hours of the night and that's when my questions come to mind <laughs> you should definitely write them down um, keep note of them and um, ask when we do go live because we're more than happy to answer and we're more than happy to answer the more difficult questions that a lot of people may shy away from like a lot of preachers you know they don't want to get into the topic of homosexuality they don't want to get into the topic of even being baptized in Jesus name but we're not here to appease anybody we're not here to um Sharon says, I'll see you guys next week. And Melvin, I can be your plus one in Hawaii. Hello, have a great night. <laughs> Sharon, you, you have a great night as well. See but you, I just, Sharon. just want to end off by saying, like, we're not here to preach just what people want to hear. 
Because um, it's a scripture that talks about that. When people have itchy ears and, and they turn away from the truth. But we're not here to do that. We're here to just tell the the true word of God and to dive into depths that many other people don't want to go. But I'm going to stop talking now and um, end that here. So thank you guys for watching. And we'll definitely see you next Thursday. See you guys.